you notice Brandon performed a lot stronger after hearing me on the live feed last week. Just saying, no pressure, no pressure. Hey, it's good to... uh, it, it, it's good to be back together with you guys in this third week of this series that we started. And we're in John, the 15th chapter, and we've been rolling through this little teaching Jesus has got about trees and fruits and all this other stuff going on here. And we've titled this series, A Gathering to Learn or A Gathering to Burn. Before we jump into the series, today we'll speak of misery, right? The first week we talked about the great misconception. Last week we talked about the great mistake. And today we'll be in misery, the great misery. And as we think of that word miserably, misery, how many of you guys have ever been in a situation and your first thought was, this is miserable? All right. You guys are like, yeah, I drove in Warrington when there was weather with people driving in the weather. It was miserable. So uh, Thursday night, Wednesday night, one of those nights, all was calm, all was bright, silent night. We're in bed, lights are off, got the boys by me, snuggled in, mama's over with the babe kind of just like they do their own thing. It's like trying to make teams in the house or something. I don't know. Lights are off. About to fall asleep. All of a sudden I hear my wife. Did you hear something? It's like, wish I could tell you I did. Heard your voice. Good to hear you. It's like I heard something. It's like, you didn't hear anything. And there it came at the beginning of misery. The lights come on. I was like, ah, ah. As I laid there for a few seconds trying to figure out what noise are we trying to listen for, all of a sudden I saw something with wings flapping and flying around our bedroom. Some weird chirping sound coming to a rest in the corner of our room. It was a bat. So I said, kids, cue up the music. No, 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 no. Grab the pillowcase with the pillow inside of it, and I'm ready for the big kill, right? And my wife is a lot nicer than I am. We can't kill it. I'm like, what's the alternative? Right? Am I going to let this thing fly into my shirt? What does this look like? She's like, I got it. She runs downstairs, grabs a WrestleMania cup, like drinking cup, okay? And I'm like, now you're making me look at these action stars and I have no action. This is miserable. She's like, tear off a piece of cardboard quick. Cardboard? What do you want to do? She's like, I'm going to catch it in the cup, and I'm going to release it. And I'm like, we're going to catch this thing in a cup, and you're going to release it to return tomorrow night? This doesn't sound like crisis intervention. It doesn't sound like, you know, any kind of resolution is going to occur. Tell you what, when you see that girl, be scared. Her reflexes, man, she threw that cup on that thing. I, I couldn't even, I wasn't just like this, what would just happen? I, since that night, will now forever sleep with one eye open with that woman <laughs> in the room. Happy to report the bat was released back to its misery and all that were afflicted by its presence in the bedroom are in ongoing counseling for post-traumatic stress disorder. Pray for us. But there are things in life that are just unpleasant. Some of the saddest things in life, though, are the things in life that they seem like they're actually going to be pleasant, only to find out, It leads to misery. 
I want to ask you guys on the outset of the third week of this series of great misery, can what makes us happy now in a moment lead to misery later? Some of you guys have dated and been married. It's real. The struggle is real. Would we say yes? Have there been things in your life that you thought, if I only had that, my life would be so much better? And you get it, you obtain it, only to find out. Not only does that not make me happy, I'm a lot less happier than I was with it than I am without it. I bet you if we pulled many people across America right now in this very moment, even though it's still 11.15 here, there are a lot of people in America with hangovers who thought they were having the time of their life last night. And they'd probably say... Not so much right now. What I want to assume on the outset of this message is that God is, as the song declared, a good father. And as he gives us instruction, it's not because he needs to be this dominant figure or source. It's for our good, and as we obey as we abide as we yield into the instruction that he sets before us it's us that benefits from it amen and so today week three we will talk from a a message i'm titling a great misery with the takeaway being this a great misery which will go on eternally happens in the end when many find out they were only fit for the fire A great misery, which will go on eternally, happens in the end when many find out they were only fit for the fire. Think about this. You're driving in the snow in Missouri, and there are people that you're like, did they really pass the same driver's test I did? All around you. But you know it's coming to an end. This doesn't come to an end. This is eternal. This is every day forever and ever and ever and ever, times forever and ever. And there's no escaping it. If we believe that this Bible is infallible, that God cannot lie, he has said in numerous places A, eternity is real, and there are two realities that are real of eternity. And one is heaven, which is the hope for us in Christ. It's what we look forward to. We fear not, no negative judgment. There's no condemnation in Christ. We've been liberated from the power of sin, set free from the fear of death. We are good to go, Kokomo. But there's also the very sobering real place of hell jesus says it like this in john 15 verses 5 through 6 i am the vine you are the branches the one who remains in me and i in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me if anyone does not remain in me he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers they gather them throw them into the fire and they are burned. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come into this time together this morning, we want to experience life with you. We want to experience the abundant life that Christ promised us. And in the fight and the war that we're in with the things unseen, we are certain that your word is true when it tells us that there is an adversary There is an enemy, there is a devil who is real, and his real goal is to devour those who he might. And as Jesus said, that thief, our enemy, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Father, for many in the room, trust has been killed. Things have been killed. Peace has been killed. Things have been stolen. 
innocence, joy, and hearts and minds have been destroyed. And we thank you that we can come to you and we can know with certainty and have an assurance that you, God, are in the healing and mending business. So we come before you today thankful. We come to you today as Paul tells us to come to you in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Praying always, rejoicing in everything and giving thanks. Always. So here we are. Rejoicing today. Thanking you today. Praying and praising and trusting and hoping and knowing, God, you now want to speak to us. So would you do that? By your scripture, through your son, in your spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said... Hallelujah, hallelujah. Definitions for the day not going to be on the screen. We're going to go back to a couple words that we've kind of already went through, but they pop up again. And uh, the, the first one I, that we need to kind of really understand is this word fruit, or karpas, right? It's that which, it, which originates or is a byproduct that has been affected by another, and now we have a result from the effect of it. Right? The idea here is a seed is planted. Christ is the seed, correct? The seed gets planted, the gospel gets planted in the heart of the one who yields to it. I'm going to be vulnerable, I'm going to trust, I'm not going to harden my heart. Yeah, life's been tough, life's been hard, there's a lot of things going on, but God, I want you to help me through your Holy Spirit soften my heart that this seed, Christ, the gospel, the message of eternal life, all the hope that I have in heaven, I want it to go deep in me, right? The seed goes in, and now Jesus is teaching that that seed then has an effect, right? We plant tomato seeds. What do we expect to see? Not oranges, right? We, we plant things intentionally, in hopes that they would produce what we've planted. God intentionally planted Christ to this world so that whomsoever would believe would never perish but have eternal life. But God's goal isn't that we would just get saved and that's all. He didn't save us for us. He saved us for others around us who need the same redemptive message. Therefore, you and I, everywhere we go, we are doing or should be doing what Christ commanded everyone to do. Go, therefore, and make disciples everywhere, all across the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? We, we should be that ambassador like Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians 5, that we are ministers of reconciliation. We are telling people actively, God isn't mad at you, he's madly in love with you. God wasn't shocked or rocked by anything that you did. God offers forgiveness, but he does require repentance. He, want, he wants your mind to change. Because pride which is the enemy and the obstacle of God and the grace that he wants to give, pride convinces society, pride convinces humanity, pride can, pre can, can even convince every person in the room. And, and I'll be honest, there's been many times where it has even convinced me of a very misguided thought to the effect of, You're thinking right. You're spot on. Right? You're right. This is right. And little do we know the scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end is destruction. Our knowledge will never supersede the knowledge of God. God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. God sees beginning to end. And when we get to these forks and when we get to these places and we get to these spaces in life where we start to question and wonder, just as the disciples are here, by the way, this is the part of John where Jesus is getting ready to head to the cross. 
He's preparing them for his finality. He's just got done promising the Holy Spirit and told them that their hearts must not be troubled. He's done everything to get them ready for this grand fork that's coming in their road. And now they're there, preparing to be there, although I'm going to tell you in the natural, you can never be prepared enough for some things in this life. And that's where if you don't have the supernatural, you're sunk. You have to have God. How many of us in this room can honestly say there are so many things I look at in my life, and I hope it's you, and you, you think, uh, I, I would have crumbled if it wasn't for God. I would have given up. I would have lost heart. I would have grown weary. I wouldn't have finished the race he called me to. There's no way. But God. But God. And here Jesus is, and he's saying, guys, I'm here, you're with me, soon I'm not going to be, but believe this, even though I'm not here, you can still abide in me. We can still be one, right? And he goes so far in John 17, he's eventually going to end up praying that prayer. All of us in, I in you, God, they in me, right? All of them in one accord together that the world might know you're God. That the world would see you're real. So this fruit, this carpas, is our effect on the society and the community that God's called us to and put us in. You know, I, I go around all week long. You know, this week... I had a couple seriously disturbing, high-intense mental crisis situations that I dealt with with individuals. And I will tell you the 100% common thing that I find. A, God is very important, but B, here's what people do. They shut down. They recluse. You're in four walls. God didn't call you to four walls. He called you to the ends of the earth. Judea, Samaria, the uttermost. And when we get internal, right, and we go internal without God, without others, you know who's right there loving every second of that situation? Because what are you doing when you're internal? Oh, you're stewing. You're thinking. Oh, it's all the bad stuff too, isn't it? Oh, that's bad. And that reminds me of that one thing that was bad, which was bad because that was bad, and he was bad because she was there, and they were, they were all bad. Everybody's bad. Life's bad. Is that an empty box of Oreos? I'm done. Brother and sister, not only are we called to abide and produce fruit that comes from the relationship with Christ, we are called to be in a community of those that will remind us of the goodness of Christ. Right? To, to remind us, right? Don't grow weary. Don't give up. Due season's coming. Keep plowing the field, man. Before you know it, we'll be at the end of the rope and you'll be able to say, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I kept the faith, here comes the prize. And his disciples are in this moment and Jesus is conveying this message. You have the seed, it's been planted. May you bear fruit. May it not be an ineffective faith. May it not be the James problem where James says faith without works is a dead faith. May it be a living faith. May it be an active faith. May it be an excited faith. I ain't going to Sunday to church just because I have to. I'm going to Sunday to church because I can't wait to. 
I can't wait to get in God's house with God's people. I can't wait to get in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I can't wait to sing them songs and lift my hands. I can't wait to cast my cares upon the God who cares for me. And it should carry over into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Because Jesus didn't play dead, stay dead. He rose from the dead. And what does the book say in Romans 8, 11? The very same power that beat the grave, it lives in a follower of Jesus Christ. I, I, I ain't moping about mud pies anymore, baby. Those are conquered. Right? I, I ain't lingering on little Debbies that they went up 44 cents a box. Not that I would know. I'm focused forward on Jesus, man. What Paul say in Philippians 3? He said, therefore, right? For the prize set before me. Right? I don't look at what's back here. I focus forward here. And Jesus is giving them this locker room talk. Guys, there's a finality. What you do matters. Right? You're getting ready to see my end. You're getting ready to see the glory unfold. You're getting ready to see death get defeated, sin, the sting of it gone. You're getting ready to see me do the ultimate sacrifice, but then it's up to you. And it's up to the next generation. In the next generation, in the next generation, listen, we have to learn to live as living sacrifices. Parents, our kids are standing on whatever foundation we lay. Right? We don't get to be the centerpiece or the star on the tree anymore. We are low level. Get on my shoulders. We'll dig it as deep as we got to go. I'll do whatever it takes. I want your generation to know Jesus because I told you about Jesus and you're going out in faith and confidence and boldness and the name will continue to be praised. We'll talk about withering, drying up, wasting away, thrown aside, to throw or let go of a thing without caring where it falls, to cast into, okay, to cast into. Jesus will mention all these words in his message to the disciples. Fruit is important, right? The soil is important. The condition of our heart is important. Dry soil is not good, yes? Somebody the other day, we're, we're out walking, we're, we're going to a scene, and this guy's EMS guy's like, oh, it's so muddy. I'm like, but the farmers are so happy right now, man. Four W's to dwell on from today's text. Number one, with. With. If you're taking notes, much fruit is produced and presence is felt for those with and in the vine. If you're with the vine, if you're in the vine, fruit, power, provision, protection, presence. And you know what the best part about is? When you're in the vine, you don't even know what's going on outside the vine. Because that don't matter. Hey, this right here, nutrients. Come on, photosynthesis, hit me up. Chlorophyll, what you got? Bring it on. And Jesus says it like this, I am the vine. You're the branches, right? We've talked about that in week one, that Jesus is the vine. He's already said this. Now he reminds the disciples, you are branches. You are, you are the byproduct of the seed that has planted and been embedded in your heart. Now springing up for you branch out. Right? And what comes from your branch or doesn't come from your branch will tell you more than anything else about where your faith is. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. 
the one who remains in me and I in him, huh? The one who remains in me and, not or, <coughs> is it possible that there could be a lot of people and they're remaining in around Jesus. But he's not in them. Possible? I want to make an assumption. You can't avoid Jesus if you have a breath of life. He's sovereign. He's in charge of the whole shebang. What James say? <coughs> Not that. Even the demons believe. And they shudder. Even the demons believe. And they shudder. To be in the presence of God, to want the good things from God, to be surrounded by all these ideas of God does not mean God is alive within you. And it's a really confusing reality. And oftentimes people will say, how do I know if I have the Holy Spirit? <coughs> and I eventually get done coughing, I'll grab my water and I'll explain that. This is real church. Guy's not afraid to go off stage. He'll go anywhere, all terrain. How do I know if I have the Holy Spirit? Ah, that felt so good. Best drink of water I've ever had in my life. I think my wife poisoned me. I, oh, come on. Give Renee a round of applause. She's in the vine. Wow, that's cool, dude. Oof. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. <laughs> Not saying you all don't believe. I'm just saying I know now Renee believes. How do I know that I have the Holy Spirit? Is God guiding you? Is God governing you? How much do you do that you want to do versus what you might not want to do. But I don't want to. Or I'm always doing things I want to do. That is a very good sign of what we call autonomous living. An unsurrendered life. A selfish or immature thought pattern. Right? I might need five more cups today. I don't know without now without nothing of eternal value is achieved without the vine right with the vine lots is produced presence is felt Jesus is there he says I am the vine you are the branches the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit Much fruit. We got blackberries. We got raspberries. We got strawberries. We got oranges. We got apples. We got kiwi. We got apricot. We got peaches. We got pears. We got plums. Somebody say broccoli. White broccoli? You're just lucky you're sitting next to the guy that likes my cookie monster jokes. <clears throat> These guys, both of them are going to heaven. I know they will. Nothing of eternal value is achieved without the vine. He says, much fruit. You're in the vine. Yes. You're doing it. You're doing it. And it's evident you're doing it because it's just producing. It's rolling, man. You got the peace. 
You got the patience, you got the kindness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, the self-control, the gentleness, all of it down, you're rocking it. Because you're in the vine. And we know the vine is where the fruit of the Holy Spirit lives. But now you're outside of the vine. You're without the vine. What, what happens, Jesus, without the vine? You can do nothing. Ah! I'm grounded. Nothing? Like nothing, nothing? How many, how many of all have ever grounded your kids? And they're like, so, so what can't I do? Like all of it, you can't do anything. I breathe? Can I breathe? Do I still get snacks? No, no, no snacks. You can breathe. Right? Don't sit on the couch. You're on the floor. Right? You ain't wearing your Nikes tomorrow. You're wearing my old dad slippers, my house shoes. You can do nothing? Listen, I'm going to be very frank with you. So many people are so messed up and they're wasting so much time on things that aren't going to heaven. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter how they feel. It doesn't matter what you drive. It doesn't matter what you live in. It doesn't matter. And you know what we call all that in the end? Nothing. Because we've already made the proclamation and the declaration and the saving statement. Jesus is everything. You got a whole bunch of people spending everything, time, money, energy, all of it, for nothing. And then they'll ask questions like, why am I so stressed out? Because you're chasing nothing. And when you achieve the something you think was everything, you will understand it's really nothing. But without the vine, nothing happens. And if you don't believe me now, wait till we get there. I did a sweet cartwheel in ninth grade, not eternal. Right? Dude, I did a I did a double pump fake move on my kids a few days ago. Perfect 360 through the air. Flew them both to the side, casted them like the Red Sea, and I'm like, bow down, right? And inside, I was just reminded, it's not even eternal. And so I read my Bible and put some ice on my knees. There really is coming a day where that family's plotting on me. I know they are at home. Pray for me. Three withering. With, without, now withering. Verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, there's the abiding Right Now, when we talk about abiding or minnow in the, the Greek, it means to remain as one, to not become different or another. When you start looking not like Jesus, here's what happens. Right? When you ain't loving and you ain't serving and you get to start to shoving and swerving when you need to be loving and serving, if you know what I'm saying... If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside. All right. I need to figure out who my crowd is. Who likes bonfires? Okay, I think we need to have church one soon. We'll do it. It's going to happen. I love fire. Mandy, I ever scare you when I'm around a fire? Because a fire is great, but man, 
just a little more gasoline and it gets better. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's amazing. And and if you put enough on it, you can almost touch heaven. I'm like, tongues of fire, they're raining down, sweet. We're all up in X. Bonfires are cool, right? How many of you all make real bonfires? When I mean real bonfires, I mean you work for it. It's like I'm chopping that thing, right? I'll chop today and celebrate tonight. What? Stop, Dad. And I was like, stop in the name of love before you break my heart. If I get to sing it again, Brandon will get nervous, I know. Brandon, you have job security. I know my voice is a mix between Shania Twain and Barry Manilow, but... But those ones where you work for it, you know what I'm saying? And then you get rewarded at the end of the day. Oh, that's relaxing. It just feels good. It feels real good. And I promise it still feels better with more gasoline. When we talk about withering, we're speaking of something that happens, if you're taking notes. When the, willers till, when the, will, when the tiller's will is blocked by a hard heart, dry soil leads to death and decay. Remember, we've said there's a vine, there's a vineyard keeper, right? We labeled that the first week. Jesus is the vine, the Father's the vineyard keeper. He's tilling the soil, right? The soil is our heart. The seed is Christ. The message gives us the Holy Spirit. He wants the ground to be saturated. He wants it to be permeated, and he never wants it to stop being penetrated by the power of the two-edged sword that we call God's Word. So therefore now, he's saying, okay, if it's withering, watch out. If it's dry inside, if that heart is hard, God can't do much. God can't do much in that. And here's where the enemy gets us. Unforgiveness. Right? Bitterness. Right? Anger, frustration. Right? Canceling cops on Netflix. I'm just like, I'm never paying them again. Got nothing to watch now but the flying bat, Theodore. If it, that thing mommy caught in the cup, you remember that? Sleep with one eye open like me. If anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown aside like a branch and he withers. Okay? This is now Jesus doing casting. Right? We're, 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 we're done pruning. We're not pruning. This ain't going to look pretty. This is the casting off, not caring like the definition says, to throw or let go of a thing without even caring where it falls. I could care less if I take this thing and chuck it to China, my next-door neighbor's yard, or even in the poop pond out back. I don't care. It's going. I'm done with it. Have you ever had to handle a situation like that? Where you're just done with it? And it's just got to get handled? And it don't matter where it goes as long as it ain't in my face anymore. It can go anywhere. I don't care. Well, unfortunately, there's people that are going to be a part of the big, I don't care where they go because they didn't care about where they should go or would go in the end. They're withered up. They're dry. They're not alive. There's no Holy Spirit. There's no streams of living water. There's no saturation in the heart. Like Peter says, like many others say, Jude says it, they look like clouds, but they're waterless. 
There's no spirit within them. They're governed by the flesh. They're governed by the here. They're governed by the now. They're governed by what's good for me, what's comfortable, what's convenient. How can I get what I want out of this? And all of them are branches that, thank God, his son will say, And all I pray is I get to hold the gasoline can. Come on, Jesus, one last time. My wife will be up, oh, Jesus, no. It's like, girl, I rebuked that, no anxiety in heaven. I guarantee you Jesus is going to be correcting me up there. He's like, hey. Nah, just kidding. When the tiller's will is blocked by our hard heart, dry soil leads to death and decay. Lastly, we talk about a life with Jesus, much fruit being produced, presence is felt in the vine. Without, nothing happens. Nothing of eternal value is achieved about, without the vine. Have you guys figured it out yet as you walk through life? There are temporal decisions that we make, not considering the long-term effect or result of it, only to find out 12 months later, 24 months later, 48 months later, or how about this, those of you guys that have found out the credit card payment thing when the interest starts piling up, it wasn't that great of an idea. And so, no eternal value. Withering when the tiller's will is blocked by a hard heart. Dry soil leads to a death and decay. Lastly, a warning. A warning. These withered up branches that didn't look like Jesus, walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, act like Jesus, serve like Jesus, Love like Jesus, forgive like Jesus, lay down their life for others like Jesus. The withering turns to the warning, and the warning expires, and now we are in the back 40 with God. And they gather them, throw them into the fire. And they are burned. Mm. Mm. Had a guy call me this week. He says, I'm setting up my service. What do you think about cremation? I say, it's a really hot topic. (laughs) Too soon. You think I'll go to hell if I get cremated? I'm like, I didn't know cremation was an added incentive to be saved. I just thought I had to confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, believe my heart, God raised him from the grave. And then I'm saved. Like, well, what if he burns your body? I'm like, great, he'll put it back together. It's like Legos. (laughs) Have you seen my x-rays? His body's mangled. I'm not offended. Hopefully, hopefully he gets one of y'all's good bones and gives it to me, you know what I'm saying? Says you're supposed to share with you, you know, the good stuff with the teacher or something in Galatians 6. I'm gonna need a couple S1, S2, if somebody's got a couple of those. Good ankles. We'll have sign-ups next week. Okay. But the reality of this is this. There will be a fire, if you're taking notes. There will be a finality. There will be a gathering there, and those gathered there will burn. You believe that? Like logs on a fire, so are souls that never surrender to the sovereignty of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. In the end, the enemies of God received the justice of God and they got just what they wanted from God and eternal life without God. No repentance, no ever coming to the cross, no ever confessing my sin before a holy God knowing that he's faithful and just to forgive it every time. If it's everybody else's fault, you're a part of the fire. If it's somebody else's fault, you're a part of the fire. 
when you get to the point when you just say, I don't care whose fault is what and what fault belongs to who, my sin is my sin and all of that does the same thing. It is death. Ephesians 2, 1, right? All of us dead in our sins and trespasses until God and Christ, and then we came alive. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin, the paycheck never changed. It's still death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. So we get back to this theme, a gathering to learn or a gathering to burn, because I don't believe in sending us off in some sadness or some sorrow, because you know what? For me, I ain't worried about the fire because I know where I'm going. I don't worry about the flames. I don't worry about the shame. I ain't going to be dancing with the devil in the end. I ain't going to be surrounded in the chains of darkness with the demons and all these other nasty beings. I'm going to be surrounding the throne room of God crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Jesus, I thank you for saving my soul. And if y'all think I'm loud here, wait till we get to eternity. It ain't going away either. I already put in a special request. I hit it off, flew it to the sky. Those little balloons sent a message up to God. Like everybody that's come to Creekside, have them sit by me. And you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be praising. We're going to be thanking. We're going to be singing. We're going to be dancing. We're going to be romancing and glancing because we are with the king of kings that lived and loved and died for our sin, conquered it on the third day by the resurrecting power of God that lives inside of each of us. With the worship team coming up, I'm going to make a suggestion this morning. Right? I'm going to make a suggestion. Let's be people. You ready for this? Who don't fear the fire of hell, but understand that we're filled with a fire that's greater than the fire of the hell, and the fire is the Spirit of God. The fire is the Spirit of God. And you know what fires do? They burn. They light things up. They remove impurities. Some of you are here today and you're beat down, you're broken down, you're busted up. And I'd say to you, hey, just step right over the line with God real quick. And let's look at this from a different view. What if everything that's bothering you is really just God burning the impurities up so you can have a better tomorrow? What if all the brokenness and all the pain and all the shame and all the letdowns and the failures and the disappointments is just because the fire has been burning in your life so long because God's got a better plan? And he doesn't want what isn't genuine in one of his children's lives. He wants... What Paul says, we should dwell on whatever is noble, right? Whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is excellent. If it's good, if it's great, if it's grand, if it's blossoming, if it's blooming, if it is amazing and epic... Multiply that by five billion, and that's what your father wants. And there's some of you in the room who believe the lies of the enemy for too long, and your word's been compromised, it's been crushed. Your confidence is in shambles. People are controlling your mind that have hurt you. The bother is heavy. The burden is there. Everything is present and it all fights against you and it tells you lies in your mind. 
And unchecked and listened to over time, all of a sudden you start to think you're just worth the bad things. You deserve it. This is punishment. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful this says different. We ain't punished. We ain't being pummeled by God. That's not how it works. We aren't defeated in Christ. We aren't going through what we're going through that our worth might reduce. Everything that we go through is actually on the opposite side of that to show us that we cannot receive worth but from God. And you know what God says about us? You're worth dying for. You're worth the cross. You're worth the only son. You're worth the blood. You're worth the tears. You're worth the shame. You're worth the scolding. Think about Jesus being mocked and ridiculed and spit on and beaten. And for the joy before him, he never lost heart and he never gave up. And why did he hang there? What is the purpose of that cross? It's a new soundtrack in the heart that surrenders to it. And the beat goes like this now. I am loved. Right? I am loved. Yes, God so loved the world, didn't he? I'm loved. I received it. He sent his son to die on a cross so whomsoever would believe. I got the faith. I'm loved. I'm filled with the faith. I'm flooded with the confidence of the Holy Spirit. Because I have the confidence of the Holy Spirit, God's Word says in 2 Timothy 1.7, it's not a spirit of fear. It's of sound mind, love, and power. So I have a sound mind. I am loved. I have power. I have boldness. I have confidence. I don't have to walk in the ways of the world that's heading to the pathway of hell. I can walk to a new beat. I've got a new drummer. I've got a new Lord. I've got a new king i've got the one who is the name above all names the king of all kings the lord of all lords the alpha the omega the beginning and the end the one who conquered death defeated sin he lives in me therefore whom shall i fear what shall i fear because there is no more anxiety when I hold my problems up to the presence of the one who defeated it all on the third day. It's done. It's defeated. You ain't in the old covenant anymore. So rise to your feet and praise God for the new deal that reminds you you're forgiven, you're loved, you're set free, you are liberated from all the lies of the enemy, and God has amazing plans for you. Come on.